Welcome to the Goshen News Sports Podcast. I'm Goshen News Sports Editor Greg Keim, and with me is sports reporter Austin Huff. We're back in the studio again, Austin, for the second week in a row now. Yep, keeping our social distance as much as possible in our recording yes. studio, staying six feet apart from everyone, uh, which has been which is nice. But we know obviously we can still see each other and talk, and there's no chance of uh, one of us losing Wi-Fi or something and, and going silent for a minute. So <laughs> that's hap- true. It happened to me somehow, and like one our recording. So I'm sure our producer Sheila is happy that there's no. None of those technical issues in that sense. Although she did a great job for us getting everything together so we yeah. could do, even do the podcast remotely. Yeah. I don't, we couldn't have done it without her help. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. She's the best. So I don't yeah. care what anyone says. And uh, something exciting this week, Austin, we actually have a live sporting event to talk about. Because That's crazy. the Darlington 400 was held by NASCAR Sunday. Yes, we are. You've seen it this past week or so. NASCAR came back the ufc came back with a couple events um and yes. uh we've got sports we've uh, got sports to talk about so one of the things i thought was funny is that you know nascar is so fan based mm-hmm. and their fans get into that sport but yet they hold that race sunday with no fans in the stands yeah i haven't seen the tv numbers yet but i'm assuming they were pretty high it actually i saw uh they had over six million viewers watching which is like a pretty good for nascar recent years their ratings have been kind of going down a little bit so to have over six million was a pretty strong number for them i think was yeah. from what i was reading so well, I, th- I think it just shows that people are hungry for sports and yeah. they want to get back in the fact of watching baseball games on sundays or whatever you know so people are looking for something to do. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 key right now. And I know, I think they're in the process NASCAR of doing like seven races in eleven days. So they're going to have some more races yeah. this week and next I, week. Actually, I, I saw in one article they're gonna, they've got a, twenty races scheduled across seven southern states by June twenty first. That's like that's, that's just less a than lot. a month. That's a lot. That's a that's lot. That's a lot. It's a lot of racing. A lot of driving. Uh, you know and. NASCAR driving is a pretty, you know, it's a high high intensity job. You know what I mean? Like you're driving a car at 190, 200 miles an hour for three, four hours, right. and the heat, you know, and against other people, and it's it's a it's something that you you tend to need a week off in between races to do. So I'm intrigued. Yeah. You know, obviously the physical health of all the racers and workers is important, especially with the current world we're in. But I'm I'm intrigued to see if they have they're if they're gonna have people out there to help with like the mental and the emotional like draining of like what that can do you know like having yeah. psychiatrists or you know therapists or whatever on site just to like help these guys get through this this is gonna be a lot you know it's a very intense yeah. job. I don't know how they keep their act together anyway because it's one thing to be driving a car at 190 miles an hour, but it's a totally different thing to be having. 25, 30 other cars out there going yeah. close to that same speed. And some of those cars are within inches of you. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. really intense. So You've not uh, only got to have a lot of faith in your own ability, but you got to have a lot of trust and faith in the ability of those other guys that are on the or other drivers right. that are on their track with you. Yeah, and you know, obviously the race went off, uh, you know, with pretty successful. I mean, all things considered, you know, mm-hmm. given... Given there were no fans and some limitations, I think it went pretty well. And uh, but you know they even had some tailgaters show up. They even did. There were some people in the in the parking lot. One guy uh, that I saw is 
lives in a small town about an hour or so from Darlington and said that there was no way the no fan rule was going to keep him from going to the speedway. So he showed up in his motor home and tailgated out in the parking lot while the race was going. I mean, God bless. You know what I mean? Like God bless him for doing that. Um, Literally, probably, uh, so he doesn't get sick. Um, but, hey, if he's on his own and, you know, staying socially distant, I guess he could do it, right? I mean, yeah. In theory. So, yep. uh, I think they're going to do a couple more races there, and then they're going to be going out, like you said, all, all through the south right? Uh, doing their races. So, it's going to be interesting, and a lot of eyes are going to be on them, you know, to see Definitely. if we can make this work. Uh, yeah. NASCAR, you know, there's a lot of personnel involved in NASCAR with the crew members and the and the owners and you know who are always yeah. usually at the track so it, they have a good baseline of like if we can make this work you know basketball has smaller numbers like probably smaller or similar numbers NHL like right so this is going to be the first like but test there's still a lot of people behind the scenes though because I think I heard right. a number when I was listening to some of the pre-stuff Sunday for the race because there wasn't a whole lot else on Sunday afternoon, so I was watching Believe it or not. <laughs> and they said they were, they had a list of like 900 people that were considered essential to putting on that race. Mm-hmm. And that was other than like crew members and yeah, people like that. It was just 900 people. Right. You don't, and like I said, you don't really realize how many people are essential to this until something like this happens in the world and all of a sudden you have to look at who's essential and not essential right. and things like that. So, right. yeah. Like I, I said, they're going to be the baseline, I think, for a lot of these other organizations here in the next couple of weeks. I think there's been a lot it. of eyes on them seeing how they're doing this and how it's going to work out. And I liked uh, Kevin Harvick, who won the race. His one comment was, it was just weird racing with no fans in the stands. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what's weird is like, I'm sure it was weird optically for them to see it, obviously. But, like, when they're driving, they can't really hear the fans, I'm assuming, because they got the cars revving in their ears and, you know, it's yeah. high intensity. I wouldn't but think still, they'd be scanning the crowd either when they're going around the track at almost well, 200 miles I'm an just, hour. I'm just saying the peripherals. The peripheral, like, you could yeah. see fans in the crowd, you know. So, I'm not saying they're looking for their mom out in Section 14, but, like, you right. know. Uh, but, yeah, I, I bet it was, like, NASCAR's a sport where maybe it isn't, as weird like it's still probably weird for the guys like you know he said but uh maybe it isn't as weird per se just because you are in that car and you're not you know there's no one in victory lane though for you really like no fans cheering when you get to victory lane so that's probably the weird thing that knows uh harvick still did burnouts after he won the race on the track just good for for him just for the tv (laughs) audience i'm assuming but good for him man good for him good for him so yeah Uh, kind of a local note there ryan newman uh south bend native Made his return to NASCAR, like, I don't know, what was it, 10, how, how many long has it been since Daytona, and he had that horrific crash? 10, 11 weeks now? Something like that, yeah. It was first, second weekend of, second weekend in February, second Sunday in February, because yeah. they had the Super Bowl, Fox got the Super Bowl this year, they had it, and then they had it the... Uh, the Super Bowl and NASCAR. NASCAR, yeah, back-to-back weekends. Yeah. So... And I'm still amazed that he was able to walk, you know, get out of that accident, basically, yeah. with... He had a brain injury of some kind, but it was not serious. Yeah. And he walked out of the hospital like two or three days after that. Mm-hmm. And one of the most touching AP photos I've seen in a long time was was the picture of him walking out of the hospital with a, one daughter mm-hmm. on each side of him with the, holding mm-hmm. the, holding their hands. Yeah, that was like <laughs> it's crazy to think about that that happened this year, right? Like, before the world kind of went crazy. Yeah. You know, before we had to shut down everything. Like, 
That feels so long ago, but it was only three months ago that he had that accident. I mean, that was horrific when it happened. You were, I mean, it was one of the scariest accidents I've ever seen in a NASCAR race. And the fact that he was back three months later racing again, he got out of that relatively unscathed, like that's miraculous. That's incredible. And it it just shows you how much technology they have in those cars. Oh, yeah. And eventually that technology that those guys have in their cars to protect them eventually works down, works its way down the system, gets in the vehicles that we drive every day. So our cars are safer too. So what, you, what you're saying is I could start driving 200 miles per hour on uh, US 33? Um, no? If you do, get yourself a good lawyer. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll do some research. I'll do some research. Yeah. So. And uh, Newman ended up finishing like 15th out of the race. He was still running at the end of the race. Yeah. He completed all 293 of the laps. The fact that he even is racing three oh, months yeah. after that is incredible. Yeah, that, so. that that shows how much those people, I think, going along with what you had said before about their mental condition, that shows how much those people are able to put those kind of things out of their mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I, I think if I went through a crash like that, I'd be scared to death. Yeah, to drive not, anything. Not even get on the track, <laughs> I'd be scared to death to get back in the car. Yeah, p- drive anything, ever. Yeah. So, you know, kudos to him for getting there. So, And uh, obviously, this time of the month of the year, uh, we always think about another race that comes through our great state, the Indy 500. That's right. Usually the Sunday before Memorial Day, but obviously this year it's not happening. No. And uh, it's been it's moved to August. Sunday, uh, August 23rd is the date of the race. So, Greg, obviously you're a long-time, lifetime Hoosier native uh, and have grown up watching the Indy 500. But... I have not been around for all 104 races. I'm aware you're not that old. We, <laughs> we, we've, we've established that you're not that old. I am old enough to remember, though, not being able to watch the race on TV. I remember many a Memorial Day sitting out in the backyard with my dad and my older brother listening to the race around the picnic table on the radio because that was the only option wow. we had. Wow, that's crazy to think about. You know, I, I, I'm not a huge racing fan, per se, but the Daytona 500 and the Indy 500 are like the two races that have always stuck out to me as the right. races that are, you know, Americana, basically. And I would watch the Indy 500 every year when it was on. Right. And uh, you got you to gotta love a race that ends with the driver drinking milk. Right. Right. I mean, That's great. Mu- yeah. yeah. You don't see that. And and I, yeah. One fact about that, I remember from a column I did a few years ago about the 500. They get that milk from the same farm every year. It's down around the Fort Wayne area somewhere, and that and that family, they're in like the third or fourth generation That's in the family cool. to supply that milk. That's crazy. To to the 500, and the drivers get to choose what they want, whether they want right. whole milk, two percent, low fat, mm-hmm. buttermilk. Even they have it, a, as an option. It's a debate every year, you know. Like, yeah. What's the best milk choice, you know, to do that? So, it, yeah, it is going to be weird this weekend. You know, I know NASCAR will have some races, and there'll be other, like we talked about UFC trying to get back into a routine of sorts, and I'm sure they'll have stuff this weekend. But it's going to be weird not turning on the Indy 500 on uh, Sunday. It is. It's going to be weird. You know, just that's a race you look forward to every year, and and it usually kicks off the summer of sports. You know, you see a lot of the. All of a sudden, we get the you know all the major tennis tournaments like the French Open, Wimbledon, and we'll get things like. the golf majors start really rolling again in June too, after the Masters in April. Yeah. So it's it's a weird like, you know, the Indy 500 is like an un, unofficial like kickoff to like 
sports summer, like all the major championships and things like that, and baseball, obviously, and uh, to not have that right now is just weird. It's just yeah, a weird feeling. Yeah, it is. So, yeah. It is. Well, we had um, some – let's, let's shift kind of gears maybe towards some more Michiana, local-ish news. Mm-hmm. Uh, Notre Dame came out on Monday and said that they will be canceling all in-person classes through the rest of the summer – uh, with the exception, and I'm going to pull up the quote here because this is important. Yeah. With the exception of a small number of students whose summer work is preparatory for the fall semester. So if you want to read in between the lines of that, uh, athletes can probably come back to campus starting July 6th. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. I wonder, does that mean all fall sports? I, I mean, you Surely would, they wouldn't just come back for have the football players come right, back. Right, right. I mean... So Notre Dame, along with the plan, said that they're starting April 10th or August 10th. Excuse me. It's say April 10th. April 10th. Yeah, they started five weeks ago. Um, no, eight, August 10th. I almost said April again. August 10th, they're starting classes, which is two weeks earlier than they would normally do it. Mm-hmm. They're getting there's no fall break, and they're going to have the semester be done by Thanksgiving. So, in theory, the football team needs the most time usually to prepare because it's just a physical game and learning the playbook and things like that. So I'm not sure when other sports like cross country or soccer or when all those other fall sports mm-hmm. start. But in theory, I think those athletes might be able to be held off campus if possible till August 10th. And then they could start their practicing in season. But I would bet that this means that all fall athletes can come back yeah and start getting ready for their seasons starting July 6th when they can come back to, to campus. So, yeah. As I told you yesterday, though, that, that statement was either written by a lawyer or a politician <laughs> because it said a lot but basically said nothing. Right. Yeah, it did. Yeah. It, it, uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm, you know, it makes you cautiously optimistic, right, that we could have football in the fall and, and sports in the fall in general. Uh, and obviously, a lot of it's going to depend here on the next couple of weeks with what the numbers in Indiana say and, and the country and where we're trending. And, you know, there's been some good news this week about potential vaccine potentially being yeah. they're doing testing on it for one at least. And it's going relatively well so far. So hopefully maybe there can be, you know, a, a solution here to help us get us back. To having a, a normal life come August, September, and but and whatnot. I, I will be very surprised if Notre Dame has ever played their first game of the year in Dublin. Yeah, I, I don't think the Ireland I don't see game, that happening at this and, point and, in time. And Brian Kelly kind of alluded to that a little bit. I think on a radio show last week, he said something to the effect of, well, "We're going to play Navy no matter what, whether it's in Ireland or just outside." Washington D.C., which is where uh, the Redskins, we're at the Redskins facility in Maryland. Mm-hmm. So they might move the game there. Yeah. And so you know, Notre Dame's never played on Navy's uh, campus. So you know, that'd be kind of cool if they actually did play a game on Navy's campus. And I wonder what size of a stadium. I, I, I doubt Navy Notre Dame. Has. I doubt Notre Dame wants to play in that small of a stadium. But you know, I think it would be cool if they played them in Annapolis. Hey. So I mean, I've seen plans. Uh, articles that say Notre Dame have plans in place to play games this fall with 30% capacity of the stadium. Right. So. Right. So, I mean, 
it would be unfortunate, you know, if that had if that had uh, somehow ended their sellout streak. You know, I mean, it already ended last year, but if that had, if the if the virus had shut down the the sellout streak, that would have been a disappointing way to end it. Yeah. Would they have counted that against it? Probably not, right? I don't know. They would have sold out all the thirty percent of their seats. So. It, it would it would depend again <laughs> how the politician lawyer interpreted. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. The semantics of the rule. So uh, yeah, but yeah. Hey, you know, it's like like I said, I'm cautiously optimistic. This gives me hope that, and pretty much every university, you know, east of uh, east of California has said that they're going to be trying to get back to you know, normal life come August. So, you know, you can just knock on wood, you know, hope to God that the the numbers keep trending down and getting better and we can hopefully have sports, you know, come come the fall. So we'll see. That's all we (laughs) can do is we'll see at this point, yeah. Right, so. And on another local basis, why we had some news from Goshen Little League last week. We did. Uh, they are planning to start their season June 14th. So they're doing one more day of sign-ups on Thursday, the 21st from 5 to 8 p.m., I believe, mm-hmm. on their website or their Facebook page. And um, they announced there's going to be no boundaries rules. So if you play anywhere in the area, if, you, if you're from anywhere, you could sign up for Goshen Little League, especially if you've had your season canceled. I know uh, Wakarusa League canceled in the Fairfield New, New League. Paris, Millersburg canceled. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fairfield, I, yeah. Canceled. I wouldn't. Yeah. I had, don't think I've heard anything about Middlebury, but I would. Yeah. So Goshen Little League is trying to kind of play it out here, and they're going to yeah. take. They're going to, you know, obviously have social distancing precautions and keep the kids try to keep them as far away, you know, as possible, separated in the dugout, and have hand sanitizer available and and. You know, maybe coaches are wearing masks. You know, who knows, right? Yeah. They they haven't f- f- uh, filled out all those details. But basically talking to them last week, talking to the board members last week, they said that um, once Governor Holcomb kind of announced his plan to open up the state, to start reopening up the state, uh, that then Little League, the Little League International kind of came in and said, yeah, you can have a season if you work within – the guidelines of your local health right. officials. So Elkhart County said June 14th, you can start playing. So now they're going to start trying to play on June 14th. Even so, though they've already or start, they're going to start practicing at June 14th. Right. Sorry. Even game. though they've already canceled the little league postseason, right. postseason this right. year. This no. is this is all in house. There's no yeah. little the little league world series that's played in Williamsport is canceled. Any travel team like that would play for, you know, to get the Little League World Series has been canceled too. So this is all just in-house Goshen kids. And if you are a freshman in high school, you could play in the summer for this league as well. So long as you don't turn 16 by the end of the year. Mm. So 15 and under can still play Little League Baseball. So, you know, they're trying to open it up to as, as many people as possible to still try to get a sense of normalcy for most kids. Right. And obviously if parents want don't want their kids to play, they can get a full refund I think through the end of this week. So uh you know, obviously parents are going to be concerned and rightfully so just because, you know, it's it's tough, you know, it's yeah. a, it's a scary time for all of us. So uh yeah, but you know what? Again, it was another you know, thing of optimism, right? Okay, maybe right. we we're going to probably look at Goshen Little League too and see how they game planet so i'm going to cover so many little league games now this summer it's going to be great so 
not, not Little League Baseball, but along the lines of Major League Baseball. I was reading a story the other day. They were talking about their plans to come back. And one of the things they're going to do is not allow players to spit on the field. And I'm thinking, how are you going to stop that? How, can, how yeah. are you going to stop a grown a baseball player from spitting? How can you control that, too? Yeah. You're going to fine him? Are you going to kick him out of the game if the umpire sees him spit or what? Right, right. That just feels like, uh, I don't know. That's weird. That's a weird. Of course, I know not as many people, not as many players chew tobacco right. as what they used to. And that that was a cause of a lot of the spitting. But still, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's just weird. I don't know how you, like you said, I don't know how you're going to enforce that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you would force that either. So, especially if you like spit, like you're in the if you're in the outfield and you're spitting on the grass, is that really gonna like? I mean, does that affect? Does the ball like I guess could roll and hit your saliva? That's been I, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, Sheila gave a weird face to that. Yeah, that's just weird. Uh, I don't really. Know. All right. So when we, when we start, anyway, enough of this. Enough of this when we start the, start the podcast softball team, we will not put Sheila in the outfield. So she'd have to pick up a ball to roll through spit. <laughs> She'll be our, our official hand sanitizer. She'll just there you be go. holding the hand sanitizer, you know, and giving it to everyone. So, there you go. yeah. And then there was one other local news note I wanted to hit on uh, before we kind of talk some some more other stories we've been working on. Um, Kyle Grossman was named the new Lakeland High School Athletic Director last night at the school board meeting. Uh, he's been the tennis coach there for six years. He's taught special education at Meadowview Elementary uh, through the Westview school system. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously getting rid of that teaching job, and he won't be coaching tennis anymore, so he could be the athletic director at Lakeland. 2007 graduate of the school. Uh, he's got a young family, wife, also a graduate of Lakeland. Like, it's, it's in their blood. So they're, right. they're, uh, he seems like he's ready to go. And Roman Smith, the guy, the man he's replacing, was also a young AD. So they're keeping it pretty young, like say keeping Kyle's a young guy and – and Roman's going off to work at Warsaw as their assistant AD. So right. he'll still be in the area. Uh, but it seems like a good hire from, you know, everyone I've talked to and the response on Twitter and yeah. Facebook. Everyone seems to be in favor of Kyle getting the job. And, uh, yeah. What, one of the comments, one of the things I liked about him from your article last night was the fact that he's talking about getting ways for more kids to participate. Yeah. Yeah, he's talked about how that's, like, the biggest challenge for him right, right now is to keep that, you know uh, – participation up interest back up you know he, he wants more fans at games and he just feels like there's got to be a better way to connect to kids these days you know and he he he, he mentioned about you know oh kids want to play Fortnite nowadays you know instead of going to sporting games or playing and so right how do you you know try to get more kids to maybe play sports instead of just playing yeah. video games all day well uh Goshen football coach Kyle Park told me that one time too he said that's a problem that they're facing because he said mm-hmm. how do you get to Kids up off the couch in the summertime when they're playing video games. How do you get them to go out to run, to work out, to lift weights, to get ready for mm-hmm. the fall football season? Yeah. And, I mean, I'm sure, you know, every generation in some way, shape, or form has faced that challenge. It's just a new challenge now of, like, video games, are, and that's a popular thing. Right. And, you know, how do you try to curb kids? I mean, there, there will always be kids who want to play sports. You know, I, there's never really going to be, I think, any concern about that. It's just a matter of getting more kids to play sports has been the challenge, I think, that you've seen the last 10 years. Right. And you've seen those participation numbers. I mean, nationally, overall, I went down last year for the first time in however many years. It's been a while. So, uh, yeah, it's just interesting. And hopefully, you know, 
once not to like pull the youth card here but like once people my age who kind of know video games and grew up with them and maybe it takes some of that youth to kind of see like how to fix the issue so mm-hmm. to say so just have e-gaming just have e esports be the lead uh, money maker at the high school and then call it a day sure hey i'm sure. just it's coming it's going to be coming to high schools i would bet sooner rather oh, than later I, I, I don't doubt it we'll yeah. probably have the strongest generation of with thumbs then my thumbs are lethal you know so they're registered weapons in the state of indiana so off the record um, yeah yeah and uh, one other thing i want to talk about uh is i had the pleasure of interviewing a young lady who a former fairfield volleyball player and softball player uh, Riley Troyer Anderson now is her last name. Mm-hmm. She filled in for the head coach at Marion University down in Indianapolis, the women's volleyball program this year, during the season while the coach was off for maternity leave. And she led the, you know, the team went 16-0 and 0 during her time in charge of the team, including an upset of, of then the number three ranked team in the country, which was Indiana Wesleyan out of Marion. Yeah. They beat them on their home floor. Which is a place they don't lose very often. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Right. Wesleyan beat them two more times than in the regular season. Right. Yeah. Marion so. went 38-2 and two during the season, and both those loss, both of their losses were to Wesleyan uh-huh. during the regular season matchup in the Crossroads League and then in the championship tournament of yeah. the Crossroads League mm-hmm. tourney. So, mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah, uh, It's a pretty good program. Yeah, but Anderson and, was able to like said, go 16-0 and during right. that time. And, and it was that when at Wesleyan she told me that was the point she knew that this team was special and could had a chance at, at making a run at the at the national championship yeah and obviously they they do they went off and they win it and uh you know not a bad uh, first year as a coach right well especially <laughs> as a, as when a, you know the, you're not going to be the full-time coach the right the full-time coach is coming back after she has her baby and gets off of her it, maternity leave it was like uh like when uh, Steve Kerr went away for a couple for a little bit a couple years ago for the Warriors and Luke Walton interim did he like led them to the right the amazing start and they ended up finishing that year that that was their seventy three and nine season yeah and then Luke Walton got you know got to head coach the Lakers because of that so yeah. so maybe hey. uh, maybe uh, Anderson will be head coaching the Lakers in you know a couple who of knows years. you know we'll see I uh, I got some comments by email from the uh, Ashley Pritchard who's mm-hmm. the head coach there. And, one of the things she told me was that there was no doubt in her mind that what Riley did during that sixteen game stretch while she was out on maternity leave helped them win the national championship. Yeah. I mean it's gotta be tough, you know, as as a team, you're losing your head coach for, you know, half the season almost. Like a third I mean, at least a third of the season. Well there. they they played forty games, so right. it'd be so about a third six, of the season. About, yeah. yeah, a third half, yeah, roughly. And, you know, to to not lose in that time frame is impeccable so and i'm sure riley probably has bragging rights in a sense because she beat wesleyan you know and pritchard didn't beat wesleyan so you know i'm just saying there's there's no i I don't think riley's the type of kid that would would do something (laughs) like that probably not probably not but you know obviously this that was a great year for her and i'm assuming it's going to open up some doors to potentially be a head coach somewhere down the line so i'm sure it is and i think that's what she wants to do uh her husband is actually a medical student at Indiana Wesleyan there or I mean or at Marion yeah and he's looking at getting possibly a surgical internship in Indianapolis so she may be st- they may be staying there for a while yeah 
Yeah, they could. So, so. And who knows? You know, maybe Pritchard moves on and they bump Anderson up to head coach. So. Yeah, and Anderson apparently did open some has opened some eyes in volleyball because she was named to the thirty under thirty award team this year. Mm-hmm. Thirty best coaches in the country under, under the age of thirty, and it goes. It's not only college volleyball, you know, NCAA level, NAI level. It goes all the way down mm-hmm. to club volleyball too. From what wow. she told me, and I believe if I read if I was reading your story correctly, Pritchard won that award at one point too. Correct? She's been on the team twice. She's, yeah, so this is actually. like a like almost like a recurring theme for the Marion coaching staff there. It's, a, it's like yeah. an in-house award for them now. So that is pretty cool, like, to be recognized at that level by your peers as, like, someone who's be on the lookout for them, you know, as a head coach rising through the ranks so yeah. or an assistant coach rising through the ranks. Yeah. So that's a pretty awesome award to receive. So, And one, one of the reasons Riley told me she wanted to get into coaching is the fact that she wants to become an influence on the lives of young women. Mm-hmm. Because she wants to return the favor that was bestowed upon her by various coaches during her career, including uh, legendary Fairfield coach Carla Hirschberger was one that mm-hmm. she mentioned. That's pretty cool. You know, you, you, you don't see that maybe as often, you know, with sports where like an athlete and, and, and Riley was obviously a great player. She went on to play in college at Anderson uh, University and now coaching volleyball. So she right. she knows what she's doing and to, to have that kind of um, – I don't know if humbleness is the right word, but like to have that where you are willing to recognize who helped you get to where you're at and you want to do what they did to return the favor to the next generation. I think that's pretty cool. That that is a good character trait to have, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that's amazing is she did all that. She was was hired three weeks before the season started (laughs) at Marion. And she knew going in that the coach was going to be taking this maternity leave. And I said, "How do you prepare for that?" And she said, "It was tough. You just, you know, do you even do? You, does she even know everyone's names by the point she became head coach? You know what I mean? Like that's a yeah. quick, it's a quick turnaround. But uh, yeah, kudos to Riley for getting it done. And uh, you know, obviously she has a bright future in coaching. So yeah. I'm, I'm, it's gonna be interesting to see where she ends up. I think. So. And just a little sports trivia, sports note: Indiana here, the athletic director at Marion University is Steve Downing. Who was a teammate of George McGinnis at Indianapolis, Washington, when they led the team to the state basketball championship back in 1969? They both went on to play at IU together. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there there's you go. some basketball history trivia for it's, you. There you go. You know, you learn something new every day, and I just learned something new right there. Yeah. So at, back in the single class system, when there was one back state champ. Back in the champ. single class system. Mm-hmm. That is still, that Indianapolis Washington team is probably still one of the best high school basketball teams I can ever remember. Really? I mean, really? you've had basically two guys in George McGinnis and Steve Downing that were men playing against boys. Really? Yeah. That's, it's inc- that's insane. To think about, you know, it's like some, it's just those one once in a generation type teams, right? Where they come together and it's, it's an, it's a pretty yeah. remarkable, you know, moment in time, basically. Yep. So, all right, Greg, all well, right. I'm, I've, I'm tapped out. I don't have much more else to talk about. So folks, you've just witnessed a miracle here. Austin has run out of things to say. <laughs> oh, I've run out of things to say. <laughs> I just have anything to talk about. There's oh, a difference. okay. There's, There's a, a difference. difference. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, folks, well, that wraps up another edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast, and join us again next week.